welcome to Game Set Match Up, the podcast where we talk everything partnerships, the good, the bad and the ugly. Welcome to Game Set Match Up, the podcast where we discuss all things partnerships. I'm your host, Greg Watts, and joining us today is Darren Powell from MasterCard, Head of UK and Ireland's FinTech Business Development, along with my co-host, Guy Williams. Darren, hello. Hey, Greg. Hi, Guy. Hello. Thank you. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us today. Um, So we would like to talk all things partnerships with you. So maybe to kick us off, you could give us an introduction to who you are and what you do. Now, we obviously know that, but, but our guests don't yet know you. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank you so much for inviting us onto the podcast. Really excited. So my name is Darren Powell. As you've mentioned, I lead Mastercast business development effort from a fintech perspective here in London. So very much UK and I focused. And my lens really is around card issuance. So supporting clients, launch, scale, and develop card propositions, bringing them to market, whether it's prepaid, credit, debit, or otherwise. I can wrap my arms around that. And similarly, being six foot seven, I can be quite a good signpost. So I tend to be that conduit, that signpost, bringing in the right people at the right times who are going to add meaningful, credible value to our partnerships and conversations that we have with clients and prospective clients. I have this image now of you, Darren, of this kind of big, kind of looming bear-type character at, at, the, at the doors of MasterCard, offering to put your arms around prospective partners. Um, but, but your approach clearly works, so keep doing it. Well, think Harry Potter, think Hagrid. I'm a better-looking <laughs> version of Hagrid outside Gringotts. Well, for our guests, we know Darren, <laughs> we know Darren pretty well, and we can categorically... So that he he's he is a much better looking version of Hagrid, and but certainly has the the statuesque of Hagrid. But before we we, we go into a direction which um, could be quite interesting, let me. I think Guy might have a question for you. Absolutely. So, Darren, what what drew you into what you're doing now? A lot of luck is the honest answer. I've been in Tier One banking for the best part of 22 years, and most recently, I left the UK to head up a division of a tier one bank out in the Middle East. And having come back or upon my return to the UK, I didn't want to return to mainstream banking. For me, a lot of the fun had gone out of it. And we're talking partnerships today. And obviously, for me, it is all about partnerships, relationships, people. And a lot of that pulse and energy for me had dissipated from that sector. So talking with friends and asking for some counsel and advice, it was sort of, well, what could I do? What maybe do I need to sort of, my transferable skills, where could I repurpose? And a very, very good friend of mine suggested card issuance and working for something called an issuer, which I'd never really heard of and certainly never understood. And that is what ultimately brought me into payments and the wonderful world and the world that I'm extremely passionate about that is fintech about five years ago now. And uh, I've been with MasterCard for the last two and a half of that. You just said something there which really resonates very much with us and, and I know with very much our guests as well, which is relationships. What are you, what's, what's your kind of take on what makes for a good relationship? So for me, it's got to be, there's got to be mutual value or at least an identified synergy where people, whether it's two or more, ultimately agree to invest some time to talk. Whatever that topic may be, it really isn't relevant for me. It's more around If there's something, and we don't know what that something necessarily is yet, but we're going to inform it. We're going to sort of add some paint and color to that white blank canvas. 
And where there's a genuine vested interest, for me, it never ceases to amaze what people and opinions and thoughts and idea formulation and ideation can create. That resonates very well with us. Now, dare I ask, and please don't take offence to this, what advice would you give to your younger self starting out? Perhaps the do's and don'ts, if you like. It's an interesting one. I mean, and it's not so much a do's and don'ts for me. It's more about, I wish I'd been braver sooner. You know, I always sought huge comfort within hugely large organizations. Obviously, I work for one now in MasterCard. I appreciate that. But I wish that I'd been brave enough to embrace financial technologies and a bit more of a walk into the unknown far sooner. I guess with age and maturity and just actually, it's okay to, not necessarily to, it's okay to fail as well, but it's it's fine to learn, but learn quick or fail fast, whichever way you want to look at it. That's all okay. But ultimately, put yourself out there quicker. You know, I, I never did that. I'm quite a confident guy externally, but internally, maybe there's a bit of a mismatch between extrovert versus in, or external thought process versus internal thought process. I think the other is also to surround yourself with good, honest counsel, not people that are just going to tell you what you perhaps want to hear, but those that are going to challenge you, they're going to push you, but it's always going to push you in a constructive, positive direction. So I think some of the other things to think about, and I'd I'd maybe think of partnerships in, in this regard, is to stay open and to not be blinkered. You know, don't predetermine things yourself. Don't prejudge. Just be receptive to conversation. It never ceases to amaze me when a conversation you may think, or maybe it does start on a particular note or subject, actually the symphony that's created by the end of those conversations, you've got a full orchestra playing and who would have thought that would have happened so quickly. So my point on that one is just to be open, to be vulnerable and to be receptive to engage. Something that I would continue to do, however, is just to be passionate about what you do and do what you do with an underlying purpose. You know, really attack the day. Don't just live for the moment, but absolutely embrace the relationships that one has. Because ultimately, all of us are built on the strength of the relationships that we have, whether that's in our personal life or professional. You said quite a few things there which really struck a chord around vulnerability. And I think certainly in my experience, being vulnerable can often be quite a scary place to be. So saying to someone, I don't know, or I need help, or I'm not sure. But I think it's in those vulnerable times and in those vulnerable places that you find some of the kind of the quite beautiful things that happen. I think it's um, I think it's particularly important to say help. What, I what agree. do you think about that? I totally agree, and I think I think that's ever more relevant in today's society. Let alone when we're just thankfully now coming out, or certainly in this country coming out of a pandemic. You know, there's a tremendous pressure in life in general. You know, whether that's one's personal life or within the business community, never before, in my opinion, has mental health and well-being coupled with inclusion, diversity, acceptance and impact and all those other wonderful things that I personally just take as read and I expect those things to be the normal. But we all know in the UK, let alone in other parts of the world, that isn't normal. And I think people should never, ever be afraid to ask for help. Put your hand up quick. You know, there's a couple of things I always teach my own children. It's about, you know, effort and do your best. I know that sounds cliche, but I mean that with all sincerity. And the second is just to be kind. Be there for people. 
again, whether that's in the work environment or outside of that, you know, we're all in this together. And I think one of the beautiful things that's come out of a very, very difficult 16 months has been that camaraderie, that sense of community and that sense of belonging that I feel we have really garnered aplomb within the UK. I mean, look, we've never met in person, Greg. Guy, we've never met, yet I think we know each other extremely well. And I could argue that we've actually got an extremely robust, healthy, friendly, reciprocal relationship. Well, obviously we're biased, but we couldn't have, we couldn't have put it better ourselves. But we were going to ask you this question a little bit later, but I think it's a nice time to do so now. I mean, what impact do you think the pandemic has had on relationships when it comes, well, you know, relationships being relation, personal relationships, professional relationships, business partnerships? What's your experience been over the past 18 months? And, and dare I ask, what do you think is going to happen in the future? Well, we hear a lot about this new normal, right? And it's not a phrase I particularly like because what was normal? What is normal? You know, I challenge that all day long anyway. But I do think that, you know, we've been, we collectively have been forced to work differently. And whilst there's challenges that that will present and not everybody adapts to change particularly well, I personally love change. I think it's, you know, it, it underpins a lot of the, my sort of thought processes and it, it's healthy and, it, and it's refreshing and all those other things. But I think, you know, in terms of how we now engage, bearing in mind that my focus is business development, every single person that I've started relationships with in the last 16 plus months has been remotely. There's been no touch. There's been no physical engagement. There's been no chinking of a glass or a coffee cup or whatever it may be. It's now we're now just about getting back to either a fist bump or an elbow pump, you know, and God forbid, I hope that changes relatively quickly and we get back to, if people are comfortable, of course, with a handshake or whatever it may be. I do think, you know, in terms of partnerships and relationships, you know, it's been a bit of a, what are our boundaries? Certainly in my home life, you know, we've had to recalibrate a little bit and, and understand it's a home first and an office second. It's family first. Albeit, you know, that's, that is always a difficult balance to keep striking because it's very easy now to sit in one's chair between the early hours and the late hours and move for a comfort break and then feel guilty for having a walk. But, you know, I'm very lucky. You know, the employer that I work for are and do a huge amount in this space. It's all about your own personal self, taking the time out, getting the fresh air, enjoying a bit of the, the hailstones that we've had this week or a bit of snow or similarly the high winds, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's just put yourself out there and take the time for you. I'm still on, on that note, um, for our for our listeners, I've been encouraging Darren to take up the Couch to 5K challenge. So, and I'm determined to see him do that at some point this year on, on, on in the vein of getting out there and breathing fresh air. But it's coming. But, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Well, now before before we move on, I know that Guy's keen to ask you a question as well. So, Darren, having um, you've talked through having created partnerships for most of your career, if you were to wrap those up and, and you know, you, you were writing, should we say, the, the Darren Powell Handbook of Partnerships, what do you think would be in those top tips? What, in terms of what does a good partnership look like, do you mean? or I think in terms of, yes, what a good partnership looks like, but also your top tips for creating them in the first place. Sure. I mean, I think my overriding tip is to be natural, not to force anything. You know, if we all have different 
things to work on or to improve upon. But for me, from a partnership perspective, it has to, there, there, there always has to be that ability just to chat and to talk, but to talk proportionately to actually the listening component, because it, it never ceases to amaze me how many people love the sound of their own voice. And maybe I do, we all do to a certain degree, but ultimately I can garner much more from just listening and staying in tune with what someone is talking to me about. I think on top of that, you know, there's got to be an interest not necessarily a common one, but certainly a, some common ground which people have agreed to explore further. And therefore, the least we can all do when we're doing that is actually be in that moment. You know, be focused, be honest, be real, be challenging, but ultimately very quickly move to a point of tangible actions, next steps, milestones, and then a more of a you, you shift from that discovery mindset to a more delivery-oriented mindset. And that, for me, when you start moving into that phase, is where the rubber really hits the road in terms of there's a demonstration and an application of intent. Actually, I've you said, I listened, I did, we did, and now this is where we're going. That makes a lot of sense, Darren. I, uh, I wondered if you had a view on, we've sort of talked through your personal view around creating partnerships i wondered if you had a view on on what you've seen differently for the different organizations you've worked for and and whether whilst i imagine you've had a a relatively kind of constant view of things how, how have you found that the different organizations you've worked for have have played a role in your thinking around partnerships i think you know we are products aren't we of our experiences and by that, those experiences can also include, of course, you know, where we spend the bulk of our time that we're awake, which is with our employer, you know, whether that's in an office environment, a virtual office, uh, you know, out in the field, whatever it may be. I think it would be remiss not to acknowledge that the power and influence that those organizations have had throughout my career. And it's one of the reasons I think why I'm still very much, I've never, ever been far away from the coalface in terms of driving or delivering or nurturing those partnerships. I think what maybe to, to look at your question a little differently, Guy, it might be, does everyone put an equal value on those partnerships? That makes sense. I think that the question around value and equality, I think for me would be at the heart of what a successful and 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 two-way partnership is, which is it has to it has to be exactly that, exactly two way and yep. equal. Maybe not at the same time, but certainly over over a period of time. Otherwise, it's not equal, and I think therefore, by definition, it's you know it might be damaging some at some point in the future. Um, I completely agree, and I think without that parity, you're going to always struggle to have longevity in a relationship. I couldn't agree more. This is definitely one I could talk about with you for for a long time. But I'm conscious of of, of your time, and I've got I've got one last question to round us off. And this is kind of a future-looking question, and we you kind of touched on it, but I but I'm keen to to probe a little bit more. I mean, we've had the last 16, 17 months of all the challenges. But if you look 16, 17 months into the future, where do you see things in terms of creating business partnerships? I think that need for creating or partnership creation is going to be coming ever more prevalent. You know, I think what Finder seeks to do and what it is you're looking to do, coupled with people like me and many, many others that have the privilege of working in a sales-focused or a sales-centric environment, 
you know, the power of that partnership is never going to dwindle. Quite the opposite, in my opinion. And I think that's been that's been accelerated, you know, in this current pandemic. We've had to adapt. We've had to work differently. We've had to partner in a different, in using different methodologies. And you know, I just and I hope that the power of partnerships is only going to improve and increase, you know, day on day. And I do firmly believe that. I think the challenge will be: will will the future allow people to recede, or and potentially to become? And I don't mean lazy in the sense of from a patronizing viewpoint, but lazy from a sense of well, actually, because we're out now in society and we're out and about on a daily basis. Does that just make things too easy? And in my opinion, if we count a partnership as that, we're missing a trick because actually you need to get under the bonnet and under the skin and really get to know people to partner with purpose. Darren Powell, thank you very, very much. It's been an absolute privilege and delight to have you come on our podcast, Game Set Match Up. And we will look forward to, well, fist bumping, elbow touching, hopefully chinking a glass together in the very near future. Darren, thank you very much. Lovely. Look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining this week's Game Set Matchup. Tune in to hear more about the need to knows and the do's and don'ts when it comes to creating successful business partnerships.